there are certain things in terms of culture and in terms of management and even leadership that are just, you don't even have to like think about them when you're all together in the same space. Those same things are actually very possible and frankly easy to do if you have the right mindset and the right practices, but you do have to put intentionality into it and you have to engineer for certain things. We're optimistic that this can be a very powerful moment to create cultural innovation in your company. There's a lot of negative consequences of what's happening and always inside of those breakdowns, there's opportunities. If you really look closely and you start to think, well, what kind of culture do we really want? What are the hidden opportunities here? You can put in place certain practices that are going to make you stronger, that are going to create more connection, more transparency, more vulnerability, more trust, which ultimately can produce a more effective, productive, and engaged workforce. Welcome to the Best Self-Management Podcast. I'm David Hassel. And I'm Shane Metcalf. Me and David have been working together along with our co-founder, Nazar, and all the amazing other people that are a part of 15.5 for the last seven years. And we are not the same people that we were seven years ago. One of the things we're a big stand for is like, how do we actually embrace the whole person and understand that can we support someone in thriving in their whole life? And if we do, then they're probably going to contribute more at work. Your mission is to attract the best talent, retain your high performers, and maximize everyone's potential. Welcome to a special edition of the 15.5 Best Self-Management Podcast. I'm David Hassel, CEO of 15.5. I'm Shane Metcalf. I'm the Chief Culture Officer. And we wanted to take some time today to talk about how do you build successful remote distributed teams? 15.5, we started this company over eight years ago as a default distributed company. And over that time, we've kind of evolved into a hybrid of both in-office locations as well as a lot of remote team members. And it's something that from the beginning, we knew that because we were going to be distributed, because leadership wasn't in the same office, we saw this as an opportunity to build not only a culture that compensated for that distribution, but it was actually stronger because of it. And so today on this podcast, we're going to share some of the lessons that we've learned. And you know, we know that a lot of companies out there are suddenly being forced into distributed work models and I don't think the world's ever going to be the same from this. And so we want to share some of our hard-earned wisdom. Hopefully, it'll make a difference for you. Yeah, I think it's worth noting that we're in an unprecedented moment in history. And one of the things that I think a lot of leaders are realizing in the past week is that this may be a little bit longer than a week or two that we're going to be working in distributed fashion and waking up to the realization that this could be certainly the new normal for the next few months. And then we expect that many people may continue this model going forward. You know, as Shane said, we've learned a lot of hard lessons and we want to help aid in reducing some of the challenge and stress in all of a sudden having to operate your company in a whole new way that we've gained a lot of knowledge in. So, you know, a couple of notes that working remotely is for very specific types of businesses. And so we are going to be speaking to those types of companies that can actually have predominantly knowledge workers working remotely. And now, you know, there's a lot of big questions around, well, the people that are in service jobs, the people that are in professions like the healing arts and uh, group exercise and, you know, the service industry... There's so many enormous challenges facing that those industries right now, those individuals. And so we just want to acknowledge that this is a tough time and that this is a big transition for the world. And so we don't know the answers to how to take those industries distributed. But for people that are predominantly in the knowledge industry, we can provide some pretty cool roadmaps that have helped us build an award-winning culture. Absolutely. You know, as Shane said, one of the things that we did, even though we have more than half of the company typically working in office hubs, we run the organization of 15.5 as if we're a remote first company, uh, as if everybody's remote. So for example, during our, our weekly all hands meetings, what we call our boosts on Mondays and Wednesday mornings, even though 
large numbers of our employees tend to be in offices and obviously aren't now this week. Everyone works off of their own laptop with their own camera. And, uh, you know, so there's a number of things that we we operate as if we're fully distributed. And so this move, we've, we really haven't missed a beat. And we want to share a lot of the principles that will help you put the right infrastructure in place. But not only that, but understand the right mindset and what you have to do differently to be focused on creating a really strong and healthy culture and also leading in a remote environment, leading and managing. So it's worth noting that we not only build a product that we've used to create a really powerful remote culture, you know, we're going to be getting into a little bit of how do we actually use 15.5, the product and platform, to create connection, cohesion, and really strong communication with all 200 of our people. But there's some other things that totally transcend the product and are product agnostic. A little more context, we're about 200 people We're in, I think, eight different states at this point, over seven different countries. And we've been this way pretty much from the beginning. You know, of course, as we've scaled, uh, the numbers have increased and the variety of, of locations have increased. But from the beginning, we always said, hey, look, this could be a weakness or it could be a strength. Let's turn our weakness of not being in the same room into a strength. And so, that I think is part of the mindset. And we, what you want to start thinking about is not, oh crap, we need to transition to a fully remote company. And this is going to be really hard and really going to be a struggle. And we're going to, our culture is going to take a hit. Start thinking about how can this be one of the best things that's ever happened to your company? How can this be something that actually improves the quality of life of your employees and improving that quality of life actually increase the amount of flow state that your people can get into on a regular basis? Yeah, that's great. I mean, we even created a core value around it. Uh, One of our 10 core values, our original values, was embrace freedom and flexibility. To that point, we said, how can we make this a strength? And I think in this time of crisis and uncertainty and fear, having your people at home with their families and being able to spend time with their families more and being able to get their work done, I think is a huge potential benefit. And obviously, there are also other challenging situations. We are social beings and we're asked, we're being asked to socially distance. Uh, we're not able to spend time with our coworkers. And I think it's important as leaders to recognize and have empathy for the, the wide range of, of likely emotions and challenges that your people are facing, especially when you can't actually see them and you can't just walk over to their desk and see how they're interacting or, or what's going on for them. So well, I think a lot of the things we need to talk about here, Shane, are the things that tend to take care of themselves when you're in, a, in an office together. There are certain things in terms of culture and in terms of management and even leadership that are just, you don't even have to like think about them when you're all together in the same space. Those same things are actually very possible and frankly, easy to do if you have the right mindset and the right practices, but you do have to put intentionality into it and you have to engineer for certain things. You have to engineer for water cooler conversations, which are really important. These social moments in between the work, they don't just happen naturally. And if you don't actually create a structure for those types of things, you end up with people who feel more isolated and disconnected. So we're going to talk a lot about how to create this sense of belonging, even though we're physically separated. Well, let's just get into that, David, because I think that, you know, fundamentally it comes down to actual rituals, behaviors, and practices. You know, it's the things you actually do. Like, yes, you have to have the right mindset for a distributed team to work, but then it actually comes down to the brass tacks of what are you doing? How do you actually set up the social architecture so that you can have more of these random interactions and have these moments of human connection? Because if you just go distributed, what happens is that when we're in digital platforms and when we're we're doing work over Slack and email, what often happens is we kind of strip away the emotional content and it becomes a little more sterile, a little more of just the facts, task orientation. Yes. Part of that is the fact that if we're just using text, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so what we want to do is we want to bring the the human connection into the mix. And so here's how we've done this at 15.5. So first of all, we use our own product and this is an asynchronous weekly check-in. Now there's you know, a lot more to the product, but for this conversation, the, the weekly check-in 
is really gold because what it allows you to do is it allows you to ask the right questions on a regular basis and get a, a, a insight into how people are feeling, a little more of the qualitative reflection on what's going well, what's not going well, some of the commentary alongside the facts, let's say. And so that's a really big one. And included in that are things like high fives and, uh, you know, your OKRs. But I want to also look at some of the other rituals that we do as a company that aren't actually a part of our product. And those are, we have probably what most people would consider an insane number of all hands meetings every week, which is we have three all hands meetings every single week. And those take the form of a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday boost, we call them, because it's about boosting the energy. And every Monday, we actually do a five-minute gratitude meditation at the beginning of a 30-minute call. Wednesday, we do a five-minute kind of a random meditation every month. Somebody different leads those meditations, and they can kind of put their own creative spin on it. But it's again, it's this moment of stepping outside of our typical business as usual task orientation, looking at the numbers and slipping into more play, more silence or experimenting it with, you know, a different breathing technique or something. Again, yeah. non-business related connection. And then Friday, we have question Friday where we spend the entire 30 minutes. There's a question master. Somebody comes on and asks a question that we then break into Zoom rooms and everybody goes around and answers. And what that does is it, it actually gives a moment to be heard, to be seen, to share a little bit of your human story. Because that's what this is all about. That's what culture is all about, is sharing our human stories. So those are our own bedrock practices that we have inside of 15 and 5 that I think has really allowed us to scale the intimacy of connection that you might find in a really small company. Um, I mean, you know, 200 people is still pretty small, but that you might find when you're working in a single office together as a small team. Yeah, it was great. So this morning, we're recording this on a Wednesday. We had our had our Wednesday boost this morning. And one of our team members led a meditation that was specifically geared toward feeling more uh, less stress from this current situation. And then I was able to lead a conversation about sharing with the entire company. We had 172 people on this morning's boost, all on video on Zoom. We have this incredible tool set now that you can do video with that many people. And I was able to share the results of our quarterly leadership retreat, walk everybody through what conversations did we have? What decisions did we make? What are we doing? So the sense of including people sharing over video uh, and then opening up things up to Q&A and you would you know you would think with 170 people on a Zoom meeting that it could get hard for a QA to happen but it was natural people spoke up when they needed to we had a dialogue it felt like we were all in the same room together so this is just an example of you know having that consistency of connection and then using tools that let people really feel you beyond just the text. So really encourage using video. If you're using something like 15.5, the high fives where people express appreciation to one another, or they share their pulse score of how they're feeling. Again, it adds some emotionality. Recommend using things like GIFs and emoji if you use Slack or Microsoft Teams. We have specific rooms for people just to connect. So we have a water cooler channel. We realized that people don't have the water cooler at work, even even though because we have different offices, but they're not all together. So we have a water cooler channel where people share all sorts of different things in their lives. During this particular time of crisis, a lot of people have been sharing wonderful resources about how they can stay centered and stories from... We have a, an employee in Spain who was sharing about the lockdown there and actually some of the beautiful things about how the society is coming together. So more of these opportunities to feel connected, to share connection through that video, through things like specific channels and Slack and Teams can go a long way to creating that cohesiveness. Our job as leaders is to create that space where people feel like they can bring their humanity, where they can say, yeah, I'm freaking out. I, I feel like I didn't get prepared enough or you know, this is what's happening in my town because we all fundamentally have this deep need to belong as human beings. We need to, whether for good or bad, work has become one of the primary communities in all of our lives. You know, we work probably more than humans have ever worked. 
in terms of the family systems are are less of a primary source. Church systems, religion is less of a primary source of belonging. And so are so many people now, our companies actually become one of the primary circles where we can create a sense of belonging. Now, a lot of companies aren't doing a very good job of creating belonging because they haven't seen that as part of their responsibility. But we're saying, hey, look, this is showing us that we need to do a better job of creating support systems for our people. And bringing in emotional intelligence, bringing in listening, bringing in the space where people can actually just share what is going on with them can be one of the most simple and profound shifts that any company can begin to make in this transition. So David, let's talk a little bit around some of the mindset shifts because I think that one of the dynamics that makes a lot of people nervous about distributed teams is that, oh, my people are just going to be not working. You know, Marissa Meyer joins Yahoo, looks at the logs of all of the remote workers, and people just aren't working. It's just people are on Facebook all day, you know, Netflix, streaming sports, and it's just like, whoa, holy crap, people aren't actually doing their jobs, and you need to get your ass in the office to make sure that we can supervise you while you're working. It's not like that doesn't happen in certain cultures. And so what we want to say, what we want to explore is how do you create high performance and high trust in this new world of work? Well, here's the interesting thing is you have to trust. You have to have a degree of trust of your people. I've found that the more that you grant trust, and again, another place we used to have a core value, we said, grant trust and be transparent. We got rid of that core value, right? (laughs) It's still part of our relational mastery value, but it's more of a sub-value now. But you know, my belief is that when you grant trust people and you treat them like adults and you give them autonomy and they feel inspired and connected to the organization, to their team and committed to their work, you don't have to micromanage, right? It's, It's important to do things like check-ins so that you give someone a space to share what's going on and the challenges they're facing and and, and so you can respond and have more powerful one-on-ones. But it gives people this sense that I am in charge of my work and producing the outcomes. And so you have to move. When you move into a distributed environment, you know, most people avoid doing that because they are they feel fear. They feel fear of what Shane said, that people aren't going to be doing the work. But if you can focus on the cultural aspects where people feel that sense of belonging, you can focus on creating an environment where people are very clear about their work and it's aligned with their strengths and you're able to coach them and give them the right feedback. I think what most people find is if they're working with the right people in the right context and they have a a supportive, engaged culture, then those fears fall away. And and that's, you know, I think it's it's about then it becomes about the right communication rhythm between you as a manager and your direct reports, between your direct reports and their team. So they have ways to collaborate through things like Slack and other documents. So that there is a constant flow of interactivity between the right people in the organization at the right time. And I want to go even one step higher, you know, zoom, zooming out even a little bit of where does this begin? Where does a productive distributed team actually originate? And I'm going to say that it's with vision. It's with having a vision and a purpose as a company that actually inspires people. You know, there's the great quote by uh, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. You know, I'm sure I butchered that pronunciation. But he said, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up the men to gather wood, divide the work and give orders which, you know, is typically what most cultures do. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. And then, of course, they're going to go out and they're going to build a ship because they know what it's for. They have a purpose. Mm -hmm. Are you giving your people a purpose? Do they feel connected to the infinite game that you're playing as a company that is going to actually improve the world in some significant way because if you can start with that vision and you can keep that at the center it doesn't matter if you're in an office or if you're distributed people are saying yes i long for the sea so i will do my piece to build that ship and they will go above and beyond 
And so you need to start there. And this is this transcends geography. This transcends whether you're in an office or you're at home. Because when you have that connection to purpose, you will show up. You will be intrinsically motivated to actually complete your work and do an excellent job. And it doesn't matter that somebody's sitting next to you and so they're going to see if you are watching a YouTube video or not. Because right. you actually want to do the work. And so that's really where I feel like it starts. And then about granting trust. Yes. Coming from a default, people are going to do the work. People are worthy of the freedom to create their own schedule, to work on some of their own terms. Ultimately, I think this can be an amazing thing for work culture is that it's saying, hey, let's let's break out of this model where you are only productive between the hours of nine to five and only when you're in the office. And we're kind of at odds as the owners and as the employees. And so we need to kind of put all these controls and regulations in. And of course, there's still systems of accountability that need to be in place. Exactly, yes. But when you have the context of trust and purpose, holy shit, man, that's when things get really interesting. That's how we won number two on Glassdoor, best places to work, is creating a strong sense of purpose, which is, for us, creating highly engaged and high-performing teams by helping people become their best selves. And then we hire great people and we they are on board with that. And we give a certain amount of autonomy to fulfill that mission. And then a really strong sense of belonging, right? Across the company. Everything we just talked about at the, at the outset, Shane, around creating that human connection falls into that as well. We've often talked about the keys to intrinsic motivation. I think ultimately we're talking about if you want people to be highly engaged and high performing, they have to be intrinsically motivated first. You can design for that. And then you can layer in the accountability structures like aligning around goals and projects and things like that that drive the momentum in the right direction. And I think the ideas around intrinsic motivation map very well to the mindset that you need to have in creating a remote team. And just to remind everyone what those keys are, it's relatedness. People feel connected in a sense of belonging. They have a sense of autonomy, which right now you've got people who are working in a distributed fashion. You have to have an environment where people can work autonomously. It just doesn't work otherwise. A sense of mastery, so that they know their strengths and they're working to them and they're feeling a sense of self-esteem and fulfillment working toward it. And then the final piece is purpose, which I think, Shane, uh, your point is well taken that that really is the first, you know, it's the last in this idea of ramp, but it's really the first thing that you have to have. And you get those things right. And that creates the foundation culturally in order to then make this happen. And then there's a whole bunch of tactical structural things you need to put in place to design the interactions, to design the ability for people to come together. But there are other leadership aspects too around creating a sense of belonging. Uh, how are you communicating with your team in the midst of this crisis? You know, one of the things that I've been really focusing on in communicating with everybody is, look, we're all in this together. The world is completely uncertain. Uh, we as the leadership team are doing everything in our power to make sure we move through this in a way that we're able to survive and not only survive, but thrive. And how can we all come together creatively as an organization to go out in the world and help people in an even bigger way than we've done currently in creating this sense of unity and belonging and connection? Yeah, just ask yourself right now, do you feel like either your people or your company has your back? So do your people feel like you have their back? Or if you're an employee, do you feel like your company has your back? And just like, you know, listen to the response from your body. What does your gut say? Is there a somatic experience of feeling like these people actually care for me? Or are they quickly looking at how many people they can lay off. And now, look, we're, we are in a very tricky situation. A lot of people are getting laid off right now. And a lot of business leaders are having to make very hard decisions that we either cut our headcount or we go under as a company. So there's a lot of really difficult meetings that are happening amidst this. 
But with the team that you have, how can you demonstrate deep concern and commitment to them as human beings so that we can emerge on the other side of this? Because if you're able to do that, then you can actually, you know, you that that sense of belonging goes deep. And there can be pretty incredible loyalty and commitment on the other side of this. Yeah, that's really good. So why don't we talk about some of the, you know, that we talked a lot about the cultural elements, which honestly, you know, everything we've talked about, regardless of whether you have a distributed team or not, are really important if you want to have the best culture possible. I think it's more important, arguably, in a distributed team because, you know, if you are in a situation where people are not intrinsically motivated, uh, you've got a bunch of people who are punching the clock, then, yeah, probably is better if you have them in a physical office where you can oversee them. But who wants to even be in that kind of environment? So what we're saying here is that you're going to have your people working from wherever, from their homes. And the best thing you can do is not necessarily focus on the individuals in this micromanagement fashion, but go to work on your culture. Go to work on the engagement, on the performance. Go to work on this intrinsic motivation. Go to work on all the things that give rise to people feeling like they are connected, that they're psychologically safe, that they're able to do the best work of their lives, even in the midst of this time of uncertainty. And then from there, we can talk about, okay, how do we actually then manage people? What can we, how can we empower our managers with the right practices and tool set? What can you do as a leader? Let's, why don't we talk about those things? Yeah, well, I think that it's really interesting because even if maybe you have a slightly dysfunctional culture or you're a leader who doesn't feel like you've actually been doing these things that well, this is a moment of death and rebirth. The business world as a whole is going to be going through something of a phoenix phenomenon. You know, there's going to be a lot of pruning. There's going to be a lot of discarding what isn't essential. And the opportunity in this moment is to reinvent ourselves a little bit or a lot if necessary and really start asking, well, what do we actually want? What kind of leader, what kind of manager do I want to be? And use this upheaval for reinvention. You know, I'm coaching a CEO right now who knew he needed to make some major cultural pivots. You know, and then this happened. And it's like, holy shit, different priorities all of a sudden came through. And yet, this is the best moment to reinvent some of his leadership style so that the company that that emerges out of this is, is uh, able to be rethought of the mindset shifting from people as resources to people as human beings with potential to unlock takes hold in the next iteration of the company that's evolving right now. Yeah, that's really good. All right, so let's talk about some specific things that you can do to make the shift, both regardless of whether you're a manager, or you're you know, you're, you're, you're just someone who's working remotely, you're leading a company. I can't stress enough the importance of moving beyond just text in communication. So if you are using a lot of text, like you're, you're operating in Slack or you're operating in Microsoft Teams or something along those lines, I would expect that's a critical tool for a distributed team. Bringing some emotionality into that, using emojis, even recording videos and posting those. And then on top of that, using video for as much as possible, especially things that require intonation. If you're, if you're communicating some message as a leader to your team or managing your team and having a one-on-one, having that face-to-face video is critical. And, and you know, obviously now we're all distributed. So everyone having their own camera uh, is a key piece of that. But if you guys move back to a situation where you have some people in offices and some people remote, one of the things we really highly recommend is every person is on their own laptop with their own camera so that we can have that sense of human connection. Yeah, you know, really simple format to have a have a group meeting, you can do 15 minutes and get a get your team on and just ask a question as a prompt, like, what are you excited about, about working from home? Or, or a good one would be what are you excited about? And what are you anxious about in regards to working from home? And all of a sudden, you're going to hear answers from all these people. And they're going to sh- reveal, oh, I'm really concerned about like, the noise in the background or you know my my children are going to be too loud or i'm really excited to actually get time with my kids you know like 
for me, this is kind of a funny whole experience because I went on paternity leave in January and the world's totally fine. And now I'm starting to come back and, you know, I come back and I'm like, what, David, what'd you do to the world, man? What'd you do to this company? (laughs) But for me, it's like, cool. I get to actually work from home and get to spend more time with my baby girl and be way more present. And I don't have to do all the business travel that I was planning on. And my wife is way less stressed because I'm not going to be leaving Hardly at all, if at all. I mean, I can't even leave the house at this point. Um, (laughs) You know, and so, but being able to hear those stories from people, and you can come up with infinite kind of questions, you know, and 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 listen to well, what's 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 alive in the company right now? What am I thinking about? And then ask questions around that, and hear those stories from people, and it's transformative because people start sharing things that you don't typically share with your colleagues. And that is how we build trust. You know, people talk about trust and vulnerability. Well, it's actually vulnerability leads to trust. You start opening up a little bit more. You start revealing your humanity. And other people say, oh my God, I I experienced that same thing. And all of a sudden, the trust levels in the company start rising. Yeah, we actually just added a number of questions. So I, I should say also, you know, doing that over Zoom is great. Having that dialogue, doing things like the Question Friday are great practices. Um, we also just added a number of really great questions to the 15.5 check-in question bank that you can ask remote teams to start having them have the reflection, to start having your managers have the right dialogue. And that could be another way to solicit these conversations over time. I think another thing that is good to focus on right now is over-communicating and having more consistency of meetings. I know a lot of CEOs and maybe they do an all-hands meeting once a quarter. So they think, you know, oh my God, you do these twice a week, mandatory, and then the question Friday every week that is more of an optional boost. They think in some cases, wow, that's crazy. I would recommend getting the whole company together on some regular cadence right now as, as things are changing so rapidly where you can have that sense of everybody coming together You as a leader or manager have that ability to show up and be present. Uh, Some teams may want to do daily stand-ups, for example, uh, or having more frequent all-hands meetings, whether it's every other week or weekly or twice a week. But I think that the cadence of that communication is really important right now. You know, one of the, the human needs that is really up for grabs right now, or rather that's up in the air, is the human need for some certainty, for clarity, and we as leaders can provide that by that over-communication, by that. And it's not even over-communication, it's communication. It's being in touch. It's letting people know, hey, we're here, we're listening, we're thinking about these things. We're looking for the opportunities amidst the chaos. And how are you doing? What's going on with you? What are you concerned about? Because fundamentally, we need to be good at ensuring that we're creating environments where human needs aren't going unmet. And we, of course, can't provide all needs for all of our people. You know, we're all 100% responsible for meeting our own needs. But if you don't hear from your CEO only once, you know, once a quarter or once a month, it's like, what the hell is that guy even thinking? Where's his leadership at? Where's his mind? Where's his heart? Is he just plodding away and closed doors with the board about firing everybody? Or is he enrolling all of us in an inspiring possibility that we can actually create opportunity and be of service to the world and actually show up and be a light to the rest of the world right now. Exactly. You know, one of the things I've, I've heard a number of people say is that in the absence of information, people go negative. So you need to be filling that void. You need to be providing that leadership and doing it in, in a variety of ways, you know, through writing, through video, but making sure that you're communicating to people, especially in this time of uncertainty, the decisions that you guys are making, why you're making them, what, what everybody needs to do to come together, creating that sense of camaraderie and togetherness that we can pull through. Some of the other things I think that are important are if you're not doing something like OKRs, objectives and key results, to align everybody to the most important things, this is a great time to start. Again, because you have people who now necessarily need to work with more autonomy and be more self-starting. 
yes, there can be lots of great collaboration through Slack or through Teams and using Zoom and through project management tools like Asana. There's a lot of great collaboration that can happen, but there's going to be a lot of solo time. And you need to make sure that your people are crystal clear on what they can be focused on. And aligning objectives across the organization can be a great tool for that. So I recommend whether you look at something like uh, Gina Wickman's book, Traction, or the Rockefeller Habits, understand how to how to set things like rocks in your organization, or look what Salesforce has done with their V2 Moms, which is another alignment protocol, or what Google and John Dewar have promoted through OKRs. Using a model like that, if you're not already, can be really important in this time with uh, people distributed. Okay, so more ways of creating a shared experience that brings in everybody from our our living rooms and our home offices. It's interesting. When I'm commuting to the office, I would average around 8,000 steps a day because there's all of these different uh, places where I'm walking and walking around the office and having walking meetings and walking out to get lunch and walking to the train and yada, yada, yada. And then I would notice there'd be days when I'd work at home and I'd get like 1,000 steps. And so one of the things we want to be paying attention to is how can we ensure that people are engaging in self-care at home? You know, because if we can create a culture where people are like, you know, posting their step counts for the day, where people are saying, hey, we're going to do a virtual workout. There's probably people in your company that would be stoked to lead a a 20-minute yoga class or, you know, start the meetings with, hey, let's do uh, three minutes of stretching. You know, we've probably all been sitting on our ass all day. Let's get up and let's take a walk around. I mean, hell, this is a great time to do walking meetings around your house. Or, you know, if you're if you can still go outside, go take a walk around outside during some of your internal meetings. But create a conversation around self-care in this moment because we all need to take really good care of ourselves. We need to ensure that our battery is not getting completely depleted with all of the emotional intensity of this moment. And acknowledging that we are emotional beings and we have these energy reserves and that there are things that can actually replenish us and things that deplete us and start having that conversation as a company is going to be really useful because a lot of people are going to be going into totally new routines. Anytime we make a big change to our routines is actually a great opportunity to introduce more beneficial uh, habits into the mix. Yeah, and what a great way to to have people uh, be connected. Actually, one of the other things I forgot to we forgot to mention is that we now have all the parents out there and having their kids be kept home, and and many of us, including myself, are going to be soon be in a position here where we're juggling not just our work but also uh, homeschooling our kids and and without help of daycare or school or childcare as we're social distancing. There have been a number of things that I've seen both in terms of my personal network and actually inside the company. Someone in our company actually offered to coordinate an art class for all the kids of 15.5 to come together over video and be able to do a shared art class so all the kids get to connect with each other during that time. Uh, there was someone in my network who was doing you know, like a shared music class and things like that. So again, giving opportunities while this time is going to be very, very difficult, especially for the working parents, to support one another and create create these structures that create more health and harmony and, and connection at the same time. And inherently, what that's going to require of you is more flexibility in how you think about demanding that people work at certain hours. You know, there needs to be more flexibility. If people don't feel like their work systems are flexible, it's going to be really hard it's going, to be, it's going to put a lot of extra stress. Like if we weren't saying, you know, from our stance was, hell no, you can't do an art class for your kids during the working hours of the day. That's totally ludicrous. But, you know, then it's like, great, well, then I'm going to have to just lie about it or do it after hours. And so I think loosening the grip on when work gets done, and of course there is work that needs to be done at certain hours and there can't be any uh, flexibility with some things, but you know, there can be a lot of flexibility with other types of work and allowing that art class in the middle of the day so that your kid can be entertained, engaged, and learning and having a positive experience is something that, again, creates that sense of community of, whoa, 
my coworker is all of a sudden leading an art class. I had no idea this person wasn't even an artist in the first place. And all of a sudden, they're creating something that is benefiting my entire family, not just me personally. My level of belonging to this organization just went up. So one other thing on connecting in, in meetings, again, the more we can connect over video, it's certainly being in person is the best, right? In terms of forming human connection. Video is probably the second best thing we've got. And we live in an age where technologies like Zoom are just are, are really well developed and, and supportive. But I would encourage you, actually, Kim Scott, who wrote the book, uh, Radical Candor, I think just posted something uh, in the midst of this that said something like, I was always a little bit dubious about spending time checking in in the beginning of meetings, but I think it's essential right now. And it's something we've always done, where when we start a meeting, we'll say, okay, what's your, what's your energetic presence? What's, where do you want to be on a level of one to 10? And then maybe we'll ask a question. Like yesterday, we, we had a big cross-functional marketing meeting, marketing and product. And someone kicked off the meeting and said, uh, you know, what was the last series you binged watched? And, uh, and, and I forget what the other question was. But starting with, you know, just a question where people get to, oh, what was your favorite board game growing up was the other question. So we got to share just a fun little thing. It took just a few minutes, but also got to share how are we doing right now? There were a lot of people who were feeling a lot of different anxieties from this current situation. And there was a moment we got to have a common bond. We're all working on our individual homes or our individual lives and different elements of stress and, and things at home. And uh, you know, just creating more of that opportunity for connection. We talked about that a lot. One word check-ins at the beginning of meetings is just worth its weight in gold or worth its time in gold or something, yeah. some metaphor for that. What it's saying is that the internal emotional state of you as an individual is valuable and worth our awareness. And all of a sudden, oh my God, I'm worthy of existing. I, I'm worthy of being of like my emotions matter. How I feel is important to the company. Well, holy shit, that right there is a game changer. The internal state is as valuable as our external productivity. And lo and behold, they're connected. Because, you know, if somebody's freaking out because they don't think they, you know, their kid's having a hard time or they're so stressed about the pandemic that, you know, their brain isn't going to be able to be functioning well and have attention on work. And so being able to just presence those things often will actually relax it. There's other action needed to fulfill that need that we have, but it's a really powerful start just to be witnessed in where we're at in this moment. Yeah, and I actually just saw Adam Grant posted something about the importance of uh, supporting emotional resilience in this time, and how do we how do we create the structure for people to have emotional resilience when there's so much fear and anxiety on the line. And the first one he named was feeling identification and labeling. When you name anxiety, it actually helps to control it. So again, creating space for that as being an empathetic leader to understand that, you know, this is a moment of, of challenge for a lot of people. And how can you bring empathy and care and then have supportive things like sharing wins, letting people get connected to what they're hopeful about, what's actually working, appreciation through, we, we do high fives in 15.5, but you can do this on Slack. You can, you can actually end a meeting with, let's share a round of appreciations. Again, it's a trying time. So we need to amp up the things that really support that emotional resilience and connection. Why don't we transition to some of the, the other manager practices? Like what can folks who are managing teams do that are specific to remote work? If you're used to working in an office, you can just walk up to someone, hey, you want to grab lunch? You want to get in a conference room? Let's let's go talk. But that doesn't necessarily work when we're we're not present connected in the same room all the time. So why don't we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, having the asynchronous check-in, allowing people to reflect on their week, how are they feeling? What's going well? What are they struggling with? How are they tracking on their goals? allows you to then sit down and then have your virtual one-on-one and not sit down and say, okay, uh, what's going on, David, since the last time I talked to you? And okay, well, uh, I don't know. I feel a little awkward to share that I'm actually pretty stressed. And because in-person intimidation factor eliminates a lot of communication bandwidth. It's kind of a weird thing, but you, you need a tremendous amount of rapport in order to get the truth to flow in any relationship. 
asynchronous communication allows for deeper self-reflection and ultimately greater truth telling. Truth is what you really want in a good manager-employee relationship. What's actually happening in your experience of work? What's actually happening with your projects? Because until you get the truth, you can't be an effective coach. If you don't know what the problem is, there's no way that you're going to be able to actually show up as a manager and effectively help that person navigate those roadblocks. And so the asynchronous communication, asking questions around these issues, prompts, I mean, questions are so magical because questions uh, require self-reflection. Questions are not a passive thing that you can just, you know, check the box, multiple choice. It actually requires you to share a little bit of what's really happening for you. And that then, A, it's really, you know, self-expression, feeling identification, naming the problem that you're facing is uh, personally therapeutic. And then it allows for a more productive employee-manager relationship. One other note also is that we are giving away our product for what is it, the next three months? Yeah, till till June 15th. A two-week trial and we're extending that to three months. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And it's so, not going to be exactly... It'll be through June 15th. Uh, for we're we're going to make it free for teams of up to 50. Yeah. And so, you know, look, we, of course, want to do well as a company, but we also really want to support and serve the people out there who are making this transition. You definitely want to have a lot of space for the synchronous as well. So doing those one-on-one meetings over video, uh, using the asynchronous check-in if you do it, using 15.5 or email or Slack or whatever you do as something that informs what you're going to talk about. But I think it's also important to filter in uh, lots of spontaneous calls to check in and see how people are doing. Uh, send someone a text or a Slack. You know, Send them a Zoom link. You can connect uh, Zoom to Slack and say... You know, what I, I often do, we might be chatting, Shane, you and I, and I'll just type slash Zoom. And the next thing we're, we're on Zoom together and we can have a conversation. Uh, and then also creating office hours, time set aside that anyone on your team can connect if they need to. So I think you need to over-engineer for the synchronous time as well, because it's not just going to spontaneously happen. So another really important thing is to create blocks of time where communications aren't happening. Because one of the great opportunities we have of not all being in shared offices is way less distraction. You know, I know personally, and a lot of my team love working from home because they get so much shit done. All of a sudden, it isn't all of the social intimacy of people coming up to your desk and asking you random questions and all of the things happening. And so you want to uh, make sure that that people are recognizing that this is an opportunity to get deep work accomplished. And what's required of that is is turning off some of the notifications, is creating space where you're not checking the news, you're not checking social media, and you turn off Slack. And you turn off all of the external noise so that you can focus on your signal. What is the real work you need to do? And then settle in, put on headphones and get to work because that is an unprecedented opportunity that every worker in the world or the country right now has is that we could increase productivity of our companies. Like, how about that? That's, let's look at that as the frame. What if we can dramatically improve and increase the productivity and the quality of the output that all of us are engaged in in our companies right now? Absolutely. So there's a number of things that other resources we'd like to share with you. Uh, If you're in this transition, you're realizing you've moved to remote work, it's probably going to be a while that you're going to be working in this fashion. So again, some of the things we talked about, really leaning on video and, and some of these tech tools, understanding that your job is to create an environment of intrinsic motivation. The tool stack that we've mentioned, Asana, Slack, Zoom, 15.5, we like Google Docs or Quip as a way to, to collaborate on documents. We've got some other resources. So the 15.5 blog, 15.5.com slash blog has lots of resources on remote work. Uh, we actually just recorded a great webinar to today by Jeff Smith, who's a PhD who runs our Best Self Academy on some of the practices that you could use to roll out with your management team and and your individual managers. 
Oh, we'll also mention the 15.5 Academy, where we've got courses on vital skills for managers to effectively communicate with and manage remote teams. So that's 15.5.com slash academy. We have the best self-manager certification there that's free. Uh, and as Shane already mentioned, we're giving away 15.5 through June 15th for teams of up to 50. This is a great opportunity for us to support you in this transition. And hopefully we won't be in this situation for, for very long, but we'd like to offer folks out there a way to start doing these check-ins and support during this really, really difficult time. One other thing I'll mention is that we actually got an email from a people leader at a major European company, European division of a major company, and said that, wow, we've, we've never done this remote work thing. We need help. Uh, we've actually launched a transformational services group at 15.5 and we're tailoring a virtual live training for 1,500 people at this company. And if that's something you're interested in, you can reach out to us and, and get more information about how we can support in that way as well. So we're optimistic that this can be a very powerful moment to create cultural innovation in your company. There's a lot of negative consequences of what's happening. And always inside of those, those breakdowns, there's opportunities. And so we think that, that if you really look closely and you start to think, well, what kind of culture do we really want? What are the hidden opportunities here? You can put in place certain practices that are going to make you stronger, that are going to create more connection, more transparency, more vulnerability, more trust, which ultimately can produce a more effective, productive, and engaged workforce. Our hearts are with all of you in this big transitionary moment. We look forward to hearing your stories about what it is like to transition from office culture to distributed Please email us at podcasts at 15.5.com if you have ideas of different topics you'd like to hear us explore a little deeper around this whole conversation. Thanks so much. Thanks, everybody. A big thank you to our producer, Counter-Ray Creative, and our executive producer, David Misney, and Stacey Hurst, our guest coordinator. Please visit 15.5.com slash podcast. That's the number 15 and the word five. For more information on today's discussion, for additional resources and special offers. One of the easiest and highest leverage things you can do to support us in this podcast is write a review on Apple iTunes or Google Play. It really does go a long way in terms of getting the word out and more people can hear this message so that we can start a movement and truly get more and more businesses out there helping their people become their best selves. To get all the latest episodes, please subscribe to Best Self Management on iTunes or Google Play. And if you have a question or comment you'd like us to address in a future show, please email us at podcast at 15.5.com. And finally, thank you for listening to this podcast. Until next time, know that we support you in being and becoming your best self. Best Self.